0: Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Friday. It finally is Friday and it's a fun Friday as we get to enjoy the second game of the Eastern Conference Finals last night. The LA Clippers once again, down 0-2 comeback defeat. The San Antonio, or excuse me, the San Antonio Spurs. The Phoenix Suns, I'm so used to saying the San Antonio Spurs, but the Phoenix Suns, in order to make the Western Conference Series two to one. Tonight, the playoff fun continues as the Atlanta Hawks and Bucks meet in Milwaukee for game two of the Eastern Conference finals. The Atlanta Hawks once again on the road surprise everyone. And are able to t- we're able to take a one 0 nothing lead on Wednesday night. We'll see if the Bucks can bounce back tonight. But of course. Here at Locked On Grizzlies, our focus is the Grizzlies, and we're continuing our player review series. And today's show is going to be a fun one. We're going to talk about a couple of veterans who certainly are entering a critical summer when it comes to not only their status with the Grizzlies, but also in general their career, right? We're going to talk about Justice Winslow and Tyus Jones, Justice more so than um, Tyus Jones. We're going to look at their season in reviews, first with Justice Winslow in the first segment, Tyus in the second segment. And then in the third segment, we'll discuss their outlook for this offseason and what potential options may be there in terms of their futures with the Grizzlies. Of course, you can find the show at on Grizz, myself at StatsSAC, find the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app. Wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. My name is Sean Coleman. I'm a credentialed media member with the Grizzlies. I've been covering the Grizzlies for uh, three years over at Grizzly Bear Blues. I've been here for over a year at Locked on Grizzlies. Locked on Grizzlies is the one place you can get your latest Grizzlies news, perspective, insights, and honest truths every single day uh, here at Locked on Grizzlies. Last night, I had a lot of fun with another episode of um, Let's Talk Grizzness on the Spotify Green Room app. Thanks for everybody that certainly joined us. We do that every Thursday night, every week. Um, We do a weekly episode every Thursday night at 8 o'clock, so make sure to join us if you have the opportunity. I also want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game; it's the whole game. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So let's jump right in our player review series. Yesterday, we talked about Tim Frazier, Sean McDermott, Gorgie Dane. We talked about how, in my opinion, those three players probably are the Grizzlies are going to move on from, obviously, they already have. With Dang. I felt like that just when talking about Killian Tilly and Tay Porter, two young bigs that were on the Grizzlies roster this year, it may make sense for the Grizzlies to make a decision on one of them moving forward. I think that one is Killian Tilly. Could see him agree to a deal like Tay Porter did last offseason with the Grizzlies paying Porter the partial guarantee of his contract going into this year, waiving him and bringing Killian Tilly back, who right now is a free agent. And then also talking about John Conchar, who truly is more than a fan favorite. I think that he truly is going to have another place in the rotation. It'll be at the back of the rotation, but he certainly is a great member of this Grizzlies franchise. But today I want to talk about a couple of a significantly more pivotal players when it comes to the Grizzlies' present and future, and that's Justice Winslow and Tyus Jones. And we're going to start with Justice Winslow. Now, I'm going to go ahead and throw it, throw it out there right now. In my opinion, there's, you know, 60 70% or better odds that both Justice Winslow and Tyus Jones are on the team next year. But I certainly do think that from a year when compared to last offseason or when compared to a year ago in the bubble, those odds are significantly lower than they are now because of the struggles both players had this year and also because of the fact that the money owed to each of these players could potentially be used you know, in more effective ways elsewhere. I'm not saying that means it's going to be. I'm just saying that there is logic that it could be. We'll talk a bit about that in the third segment. But getting right down to it when it comes to Justice Winslow, obviously another year in which injuries were a bit of a concern, right? You know, Justice Winslow this year, he did not play until February 20th. And overall, he only played in 26 games. Came back on February 20th. Play. You know, he was a part of the rotation. His offense certainly struggled, but his defense was making an impact. I, I've said it before on this show. The one part of this year, basically from the very end of February through the 1st of April, where DeAnthony Melton and Justice Winslow were regularly a part of our defense. The Grizzlies defensive rating in the NBA, they were fourth in defensive rating during that time frame. So, D, So Justice Winslow... As an effective defender, especially when it comes to defensive rebounding, he certainly adds another element to the Grizzlies' defense. It's not just his rebounding and his on-ball defense, but it's also the capability of the Grizzlies to, as we've discussed before, it gives them that advantageous trait of being able to throw different bodies at different perimeter scores. Throw Dylan Brooks at him. throw Kyle Anderson at him. throw Melton, and throw Winslow at him. Scores can, don't have time. To adjust to just one defender, they've got to deal with uh, three or four different skill sets and effective defenders, and it throws them off their game. We saw the Grizzlies do that several times when they had Winslow and Brooks and Melton and Anderson at their full disposal. So defensively, Justice Winslow certainly did make an impact at times when he was on the court. The problem is is that not only did he only stay healthy for about six weeks before, in April, I believe that he missed about three weeks uh, due to uh, an injury. He only played 26 games this year. But his offense was so bad that it was just hard to keep him on the floor, number one, or number two, have any type of the offense go through him. It's just the truth. His offense was incredibly bad. He he arguably was the worst offensive player in the NBA this season for the amount of shot attempts that he had. And I don't mean that as a negative. I, I just speak the truth. That's where Justice Winslow was this year. And the numbers back it up, right? In terms of per 100 shot attempts this season, Justice Winslow, per 100 shot attempts this season, he averaged 77.6 points. That means that when he shot the ball of his 210 field goal attempts this season, he was on a pace where it would have taken, where over 100 shots, he would have scored 77 points. That was in the one percentile of all NBA wings this season. He was among the worst when it came to scoring efficiency in the NBA this season. The other problem is, it's not just his shooting but he was in the 24th percentile when it came to turnovers. So he was not that good at being able to take care of the ball. Obviously, the Grizzlies gave him a little bit of a stretch run, about a 10-day run, as potentially being a backup point guard in place of Tyus Jones, because they were hoping that maybe they could get him, find a way to get Winslow's defense on the court and get him going offensively, but he wasn't able to be effective. His turnover rate certainly was a liability, and obviously his shooting continued to be a liability as well. But the thing that really stands out is over at Cleaning the Glass, where I got that stat about, you know, how many points he scored per 100 shot possessions. Here's where Winslow ranked in terms of effective field goal percentage, two-point field goal percentage, three-point field goal percentage, and free throw percentage among NBA wings. This season, Justice Winslow, in non-garbage time minutes, had an effective field goal percentage of 37.4%. That was in the one percentile when it came to wings. He had a 40.4 two point field goal percentage. That was in the eighth percentile when it came to wings. He had a 19.2 percent three point field goal percentage. That was in the second percentile when it came to wings. And when it came to free throws, he had a 56 percent or free throw percentage, which was in the third percentile when it came to wings. In other words, among all NBA wings this season, when it came to shot select, overall shot selection, shooting two, shooting threes, and shooting free throws, Justice Winslow was in the bottom 10% among all NBA wings that played each this season in each category. He truly was one of the worst shooters, if not the worst shooter, in the league when it came to NBA wings that played this season. The issue with Justice Winslow is, is that there was absolutely no part of his offensive game that added any type of benefit as a matter of fact, it was clear that whenever he was on the court, there was significantly more harm done to the Grizzlies production than it helped them and I don't mean that to be negative toward Justice Winslow it's just the absolute truth that's how bad his offense was this season and it's not just this season you know in terms of that that gives an idea of how bad Winslow's offense was. He also was, was rare for how bad his offense was. Since the three-point era came into play in the 1979-1980 season, that's when the three-point line was put into play for the NBA. Since that time frame, there have only been 32 times where a player produced a true shooting percentage and, effective, and an effective field goal percentage at 40% or below. While attempting 200 or more field goal attempts, that basically means there have only been 32 times where a player has been so bad shooting the basketball on 200 or more field goal attempts that they had a true shooting percentage and an effective field goal percentage at 40% or less. Of those 32 times, only Anthony Carter, who played in the early 2000s, and Justice Winslow, they are the only two players. Who have done this twice? Winslow also did this in the 2016-2017 season. But my point is, and he was the only player to do it this year. My overall point is, is that when someone says that Justice Winslow was bad offensively, that just doesn't cover it. He arguably was the worst offensive player in the league this year among players who had as many shot attempts as many shot attempts as he did or more. And again, that's not anything negative towards Justice Winslow, it's just the simple fact I'm trying to paint a picture of just how much improvement it's going to have to take to even make Winslow serviceable going forward to make it worth him being in the Grizzlies rotation. I'm sure the Grizzlies are going to do everything they can to make him serviceable. I think the Grizzlies are committed to him, and I think his defense can make a difference. But he certainly has a mountain to climb when it comes to his offense. Hopefully a healthy offseason will do that, and we'll see if it makes sense for the Grizzlies to include him, obviously, moving forward when it comes to next year's roster. But the thing that I'll say is this. It wasn't just Justice Winslow who disappointed last year. There There was one other veteran coming off a very good year in the 1920 season, Tyus Jones, who, while he maintained... His historical efficiency when it comes to passing and limiting turnovers, there wasn't much else outside of that where Tyus Jones really added value this season like he did previously. Coming up, we'll look at how Tyus Jones this year certainly maintained what he does well, but also took a step back when many were hoping he would take a step forward. Draft season is upon us, and across the sports world, that means the NFL draft. This three-month period where the NFL draft, NHL draft, MLB draft, NBA draft, are all going on? It's events like this that make you more excited beyond just the games. If you enjoy wagering and betting on sports, but it's also playoff season for both the NBA and NHL. Overall, it's an exciting time if you're someone that loves wagering and betting on sports. And the place that has you covered, the fastest, easiest way to bet on the easiest way to bet on all your sports action is bet online. Dot AG. Get all the latest news, odds, and all your info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. As your ch- as it, This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Go to bed online on your laptop, or mobile device to check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information, including if you head to the website or use your mobile device today and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks expert. Visit BetOnline.ag today. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Bicolum Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Next week here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we will be continuing our player review series getting into many of the most critical players for the Grizzlies from this past season. And it'll follow the same show format as this. We'll look at two players per episode. And then in the third segment, we'll look at their futures with Memphis as we're doing here with Justice Winslow and Tyus Jones discussing how each player that was critical to the Grizzlies success this season, what their status with the Grizzlies is in the present and the future for Memphis. But of course, Justice Winslow obviously struggled um, last season, you know, and it was understandable with him coming off injury and, you know, just looking at how he played. I don't think anybody expected him to be as bad as he was, but there is at least something to hang your hat on in terms of hope for him to come into this off season healthy, to have a full off season being committed to seeing what Taylor Jenkins can do for him to what he can do in Taylor Jenkins system. And, you know, we'll see, we'll discuss a bit in the third segment, what it looks like for Tyus or Justice Winslow's future with the team. Now, Tyus Jones is a bit of a different story, right? This was his second year of a three-year contract. He is certainly under contract for next season. And again, like I say, I think there is an overwhelming understanding that Tyus Jones will be with the Grizzlies. But last offseason, coming off last offseason, into this season, I think it was pretty fair to say that if you were to compare the Grizzlies 1-2 combination at point guard between John Morant and Tyus Jones to the rest of the NBA, you would easily say that the Grizzlies had one of the the better 1-2 point guard combinations on a singular team in the NBA. They would have been among the top 10 1-2 combinations at point guard that any team could feature in the NBA. And a big reason why was because of how well jo- uh, Tyus Jones played from December through this suspension of the season in March of 2020. And then you saw how lost the Grizzlies were without him when John Morant was off the court in the bubble. You saw the value that Tyus Jones displayed. But part of the reason why that was was not only because of his ability to pass the ball, he continued. His historic production, when it came to producing assists while limiting turnovers, he did that at in, in nearly the same rate he's done it his whole career this year. The problem is, is that besides that, the value that you saw Tyus Jones display as a shooter and a scorer in the 2019-20 season, it significantly regressed in the 2020-21 season. And the numbers certainly show that, you know, for instance, when it comes to Tyus Jones's ability to produce assists on a per 36 minute scale, you know, just like last year, per 36 minute scale um, over the past three seasons, 7.5 assists, 8.3 assists, 7.6 assists, turnovers 1.1, 1.6, 1.4. Tyus Jones played a lot this year like he did in his last season in Minnesota in the 2018-2019 season. He certainly continued to show historical production. Tyus Jones is one of the best point guards that have played in the NBA, maybe ever, when it comes to producing assists while also limiting turnovers. His assist-to-turnover ratio is historic compared to other NBA point guards in league history. But the thing about it is this, is that last year, Tyus Jones was added significantly more value to his game because of how good he was as a shooter last year. Tyus Jones shot nearly 38% from 3 on 1.9 three-point attempts per game. Overall, he shot 46% and nearly 50% from 2. He was a legitimate Positive, he he added positive value as a scorer along with his ability to be a playmaker. That's what made him so effective. Made him one of the best backup point guards in the league during the 2019-2020 season. And it was a big reason why our bitch was one of the best in the leagues that year as well. This year, Tyus Jones, he attempted 1.93-point attempts per game. In the 2019-20 season it shot 38% from the field. This year. He attempted, 400, he attempted two three-point attempts per game and shot 32%. Overall, he was 47 for 124 from three during the 2019-2020 season. This year, he was 45 for 140. So the ability for, uh, for Tyus Jones to be a threat as an outside shooter dwindled. And that meant that the only way that he was really adding positive value was through being a playmaker, was through leading our second unit, which certainly has value in and of itself. But if it's only there for 10 to 15 minutes a game, it's kind of a limited value. It's a value that is not that hard to replace if you have another option. One of the biggest reasons why Tyus took a step back when it came to his ability to shoot from distance was when it came to catch-and-shoot opportunities. In 2019-2020, Tyus Jones made 42.7% of his catch-and-shoot three-point opportunities. And he had a 65.1% effective field goal percentage in catch-and-shoot opportunities. This past year, he went from from nearly 43% on catch-and-shoot threes down to 33% on catch-and-shoot threes. And his effective field goal percentage in catch-and-shoot situations went from 65.1% two years ago, to 49.1% this year. He simply was not the same effective shooter that he was in the 1920 season this past season. And so when Tyus Jones's ability to both be a distributor, a playmaker, and a score was limited to him just being a playmaker and a distributor, it was hard for his value not to be replaced for a team that mean needed as many options to contribute across the board. Ty Jones has never been a big impact on defense. He did a good job this season when it, or especially earlier in the season when it came to producing turnovers. He was more active with his hands he was a, he contributed. To the Grizzlies leading the league in, t- in turnover sports per game in the first half of the season. That is a, a bit of an improvement that he made this season when it came to his defense. But overall, he struggled so much when it came to his shooting and beyond any other aspect in, in any other aspect of his game, beyond his ability to be a playmaker and distributor off the bench, that the Grizzlies were willing to experiment with Justice Winslow as the backup point guard so they could get his defense in the game. So that's where you kind of see this season being for Tyus Jones. The step that you hope he would continue to take based off how well he produced as a scorer and a shooter in the 2019-2020 season, it just was not there this year. He reverted back to how he shot in the 18-19 season in his last year in Minnesota. And so with Tyus Jones, what it comes down to is is that there's the one one thing that he does is certainly effective. He is elite when it comes to being a playmaker without committing turnovers. And that certainly has value, especially for a team that needs a productive bench unit and also has to have somebody to rely on when John Moran is on the court. But that's where the dilemma lies, correct? There are, like, you're you paying Tyus Jones nearly $9 million this upcoming season to be your backup point guard. But you would really like for him to be able to contribute in other areas besides just being a floor general. You would love for him to take that step forward as a scorer. You would love for him to improve as a defender, so on and so forth. But you also know, though, if he does not improve in any other areas, besides being a playmaker and a distributor, though that may be something that could be replaced logically, you have proof from when you took him out of the rotation this past season and from the bubble that in non-Jah Moran minutes, when you don't have Tyus Jones available, the offensive consistency is disastrous. You've got to have some type of ball handler. So I'm not saying that Tyus Jones is irreplaceable for the Grizzlies, but he certainly is a necessity. But beyond that being just a necessity, you really would like for Tyus Jones to take that next step just like he did in the 1920 season to improve his shooting. He took more threes. He took the most threes that he's taken in his career last year. That's a sign that he's been working with Taylor Jenkins. They just didn't fall. You certainly think that there is plenty to work with though for him to continue to improve this in the 2021-2022 season. But the first thing is is over the summer through the Grizzlies feel there's an option out there? There are moves that could be made where you could potentially trade Tyus Jones off as an asset to teams who are closer to contention that could use point guard help. We've seen several playoff teams that can certainly use the help. Could you trade him off this offseason, get a future asset or two, and in some way replace him? I think that's a probably not primary but underrated storyline to this offseason. And that's what we're going to discuss in the third segment. We know how disastrous things can be when Tyus Jones is not available to play in minutes where John Moran is not on the court. But we also have two versions of Tyus Jones. One, where if he's shooting like he did in the 1920 season, he absolutely is a valuable member of this team. But if he's not shooting, Taylor Jenkins in the front office have already shown they're willing to take him out of the rotation to see if they can play players in his place who can offer value in more areas. And that makes his situation this offseason just as interesting as it does Justice Winslow. Coming up, I'm going to discuss the offseason scenarios for both of these players and how much it could impact their future with the Grizzlies. You know we hear a lot about options today when it comes to the Memphis, or when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies but also the NBA as well especially when it comes to the off season draft season you got options to choose from when it comes to prospects these teams that are looking for coaches plenty of options out there to hire a new coach but I can tell you this if you like options but a situation where not only do you have plenty of options but you can't go wrong with the options that you have to choose from that's built-bar Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's a simple yet significant addition to your day that allows for you to have a tasty snack, have it in the morning for breakfast, the afternoon as a snack before or after a workout, but it adds health benefits while tasting great. Over 18 different options to choose from when it comes to taste at BuiltBar.com. And if you put in the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Once you make it a part of your day, it's going to be there to stay. Go to BuiltBar.com, put the promo code LOCKED15, in and you'll get 50% 15% off your next order from Bilt Bar. Today on the Locked On Today Podcast, the Los Angeles Clippers are back in the game. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked on Today podcast. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So we talked about Justice Winslow, and we've talked about Tyus Jones, and we've talked about how both certainly had less than ideal seasons. Justice Winslow due to injury and just highly ineffective offensive play. Tyus Jones due to not taking the hopeful step many had for him to take as a scorer and a shooter to support his historic efficiency as a passer. So now the Grizzlies face a situation in which they have a team option for Justice Winslow that's valued at $13 million. and of course with Tyus Jones, they do have him under contract for one more year. We'll start with Justice Winslow, and obviously this is one of, if not the biggest, this is the biggest contractual decision we'll see the Grizzlies make that we know the Grizzlies have to make this offseason. The date is August 1st, as of right now. By August 1st, the Grizzlies have to decide whether or not they'll pick up the $13 million option for Justice Winslow. I talked last Friday with Keith Smith about this, this exact decision. What could the Grizzlies do? And me and him both agreed on one thing. I think, as did Keith did as well, I simply think for a front office that is creative as the Grizzlies are, that likes to have as many options on the table, I think that it makes sense for them to decline the option even if Justice is still in the plans. And, and I will say they use the word encouraged a lot in the end-of-the-year press conferences, but it was a stark contrast from when they were including him in the future core with Jaron, Brandon Clark, and Ja at the beginning of the season. There was a bit less of a commitment in the tone from Kleiman and Jenkins when it came to Justice Winslow at the end-of-the-year press conference, but they, st- they made it clear that, that the plan is for Justice to be with the team next year. I just don't feel it's going to be on his team option. I feel they're going to decline the team option, which would then make Justice Winslow an unrestricted free agent. But I think that there's going to be plenty of conversation and some sort of agreement where it's basically going to be a proven deal. The Grizzlies are going to decline the team option, but probably offer some type of deal, maybe with incentives or whatever it may be, offer some type of deal where it's a lower guaranteed amount on a proven opportunity for Justice Winslow. That way he stays in Memphis. He stays a part of the culture. The players here love him, as they should. Justice Winslow seems to be a wonderful teammate and also seems to be a wonderful human being. He fits the culture here very well, and I know the Grizzlies would love to take the opportunity to see if they could make it work for him with what they invested to get him. So I do feel that the overall goal is to keep Justice Winslow here in Memphis. I just think that it's going to come from a lower guaranteed amount on a prove it deal this season for Justice Winslow than the $13 million option. So I do feel that they may move the decision date back a bit to kind of see what's out there for them after the draft via free agency. But I do think at the end of the day, the Grizzlies are going to move to decline the option and attempt to bring Justice Winslow back on a lower guaranteed salary for next year. When it comes to Tyus Jones, he obviously already is under contract for next year. Um, you know, Tyus Jones signed a 3-year, uh $27 million contract back um uh, uh 2 years ago in the um offseason the 2019 offseason, and he certainly has proven to be value, especially in his first year here. But in terms of Tyus Jones's contract, he himself is guaranteed this season on a one uh, with one year left on his deal. He's considered an expiring contract. He is um guaranteed to make seven point six million with seven hundred seventy six thousand dollars in incentive. So Tyus Jones is still a bargain in my opinion when it comes to the contract that he's on. But he is an expiring contract, which is which is an attractive trade piece. He also is a player that, in my opinion, is not as critical, is, in general, he is not as irreplaceable to the Grizzlies' success as other expiring contracts like Jonas Jonas Valanciunas and Kyle Anderson are. Now, the Grizzlies are going to pick up the option, in my opinion, on Grayson Allen, who's going to have his fourth-year option on his rookie deal for being drafted in 2018. I think that he is a more sensible trade asset than Tyus Jones is. But I do think, you know, I do, I've talked about it before. I talked about it last offseason, talked about it at the trade deadline. I do think that Tyus Jones, there's a market out there for him. You see plenty of contenders that could use a point guard. And the Grizzlies certainly could make a move to trade Tyus Jones if they could get assets back, especially assets that could impact their future. However, while Tyus Jones individually in a vacuum, it makes sense he's not as critical to the team's success as other players on expiring contracts. And you could see a market out there for him because of how well he plays as a point guard, as a primary distributor. We also have plenty of proof that if we trade Tyus Jones away we're going to have to find a trustworthy source to play the nun, to play the non on the court in minutes where John Moran is not on the court or the Grizzlies bench is not going to be anywhere near as effective as it can be because there's not a reliable ball handler at the end of the day there's only one elite thing that Tyus Jones may do and that is an elite ball handler decision maker and playmaker as a traditional point guard But we've clearly seen how valuable and how needed that is for this Grizzlies team. So individually, I think it does make sense to look to use Tyus Jones as maybe a money-matching aspect of a trade to go get a a bit of an upgrade uh, if you want to do a consolidation trade. Maybe trade him for future assets if you're going to use assets you already have in another deal to move up in the draft. I think there's sense in that. But coming off a two-year stretch, or excuse me, coming off basically the past 12 months where you have multiple examples of how much the Grizzlies struggle when John Moran is off the court and Tyus Jones is not on it as being the floor general, I think that's what stands out as the biggest influence as to Tyus Jones' future with the Memphis Grizzlies. At the end of the day, I don't really see there being a chance for an extension for Tyus Jones. I do feel that he's going to be back in Memphis. I feel that he's going to play, and I feel that Taylor Jenkins is going to work with him to improve his shot. But my point is, when it comes to Tyus Jones, I'm not going to be surprised either way. I certainly get the understanding that the Grizzlies need to retain him so that they know they have a second trustworthy ball handler on the roster and someone that can lead the offense if... John ja Morant is off the court, which he's going to need to be more than likely with how much they relied on him this year. John ja Morant, you know, we talk about the body composition of John ja Morant, how he plays. You don't want to sit there and just overextend him when it comes to minutes. If you trade Tyus Jones without finding a suitable replacement, that's a risk you run next year with John ja Morant. So that's why I think at the end of the day, while there's plenty of sense to see what market is out there for Tyus Jones, especially shopping him as a point guard option to contenders or or teams that are closer to contention than the Grizzlies, I think that there's too much sense in the fact that the Grizzlies just need to go back to the well with their one-two combination of John Moran and... Tyus Jones, they're about as reliable as you can get when it comes to running the offense and hope that there's improvements from both you ja and Tyus when it comes to shooting the basketball that'll make the Grizzlies even better next season. So I think that both in terms of individual players on the Grizzlies roster, I think that Justice Winslow, obviously, and Tyus Jones are two of the players to watch more closely than than, a few, than you know most of the Grizzlies roster. Because there are situations where both could potentially be trade candidates. There are situations where Ty, where Justice or Justice Winslow may not be on the team next year. There are situations where his contract could change, or Tyus Jones could be using some type of trade to go get an upgrade, either in the draft or free agency or in a trade. There are situations where, sensible situations, where neither of these players are with the team or with only one of them are with the, with the team next year. But I think with what we've seen over the past year, with the comments that have come from the front office and the coaching staff, I think that there's a 70% or better chance that both will be be back with the Grizzlies next year. And not only that, there's plenty to have hope in to where both will be better versions of themselves next year in more defined roles in another offseason in which they're healthy and can work out how to be most effective in Taylor Jenkins' system. And obviously for both of them, here's the other big thing for both Tyus Jones and Justice Winslow specifically, both of them will be in a contract year next year more than likely in some way, shape, or form. And coming off a disappointing 2021 season, both of them will have the extra motivation to make the most of their opportunities in a contract year to be able to capitalize off that in what should be a more lucrative summer in 2022. And that motivation not only benefits them, but obviously also benefits the grizzlies and from that the grizzlies may not only get one trust trustworthy ball handler they could get two to support jaw and the rest of the team as facilitators a big area that the grizzlies could improve in and that could make this team even better going forward so yes there are plenty of scenarios that could play out for Justice Winslow and Tyus Jones, I think most of the avenues lead to them being on the team next season. And with the extra motivation of them being in contract years, I think that they will improve next season versus what they did in the 2021 season. Thanks so much for joining us for this edition of Locked On Grizzlies. You can find the show at Locked On Grizz on Twitter, myself at SEC. My name's Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure. We'll be back all next week discussing. More and more critical players on the Grizzlies roster through our player review series. Really looking forward to reviewing how each of these players played during the 2020-2021 season and how it will impact their present and future in Memphis. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.